Blog Talk Radio. Tuning in to the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. I am your host, Neek, my main man, Mr. C. Better known as Chuck. What's going on, man? How you feeling tonight, man? Man, I was feeling good, but I don't know what's going on. Last week, it was in the 80s, the 70s, the sun was shining. And then all of a sudden, over the weekend, we had rain out here in beautiful Southern California. And now it's a little nippy, a little cold out here. So this weather must be bipolar or something, man. I, I just can't take it, man. He needs to make up his mind. You know, one day I can go out in shorts. The next day I need to go out with a windbreaker or something on. So, I, I you know. so But I'm all right, Nick. I'm all right. It's just the weather that's out here that's tripping and bringing me down a little bit. But you know what's about to bring me back up is we about to talk about that football. Yeah, football. But I can't believe you say it. The weather in Southern California is a little too nipsy, Russell outside. That's a little, that's a little concerning, right. man. But well, but you it know, is you know, it's all, it's all, it's all relative. You know, a little, little nipsy Russell out here, you know, might be, uh, uh, you know, Hawaii weather back east. You know, <laughs> Hawaii is somewhere, or not Hawaii, and uh, you know, somewhere like Alaska or something like that. But it's all relative, man. But relatively speaking, the weather. Ain't been cooperating out here, but you know what? Maybe it's gonna change next week. Maybe it's gonna get better next uh, next week, later in the week. I don't know. All I know is right now we about to talk about some football, even though it's the off season. We still talking about football, and that's all that really matters. Yes, yes, indeed, man. But you know what, Chuck? Before we get started, <clears throat> one of my athletes said today at track practice from coach. And his name, I got to put his name out there, man, because he's going to be a beast, man. He's got offers from everywhere. I ain't going to say the schools, but down the road, about four or five years, you're going to hear about his name on the college and in the field field, man. Better known as my boy Nick McTeer. Nick said, Coach, I heard your birthday Friday. And I said, yeah. He said, Coach, man, how are you going to be? You about 45? I said, come on, man. Don't let the gray hair fool you, young. I said, nah, man, nah, man. He's all right, so you about 40? And I said, nah, man, come on. I'm going to put that Jamie James on me now. And he's like, who, who? I said, don't worry about it, man. <laughs> so then he said, so what you about, 35, 36? I said, yeah, more around there. So I said, nah, man, I feel good, man. I feel really good, man. I, um, You know, I, I love life, man. I'm enjoying life, man. Every year is a blessing. It's a blessing to be alive and a blessing to be on this show with you. You know, you're my boy, man, doing this show and and I want to thank you fans for, you know, tuning in to us every week, man, because we try. You know, that's why we do the show, man. It's for the fans, by the fans. You know, that's what we're doing this for, man. We love it, you know. But anyway, man, I'm going to have me a great birthday this weekend, even though I got a track meet this weekend. But I'm going to try to enjoy myself on Saturday, man, after I track meet. So, yeah, man, that's about it on that. That's all I want to say on that. 
So anyway, let's get into this football news. And football fans, I know you've been keeping up because all 32 teams are actually about two and a half weeks in to free agency. And a lot of teams have made a lot of moves. Players are still getting signed to this day. Um, there's actually some players are actually negotiating right now. Um, but now, Chuck, you know, I want to ask you a question, man, because when you look at this free agency running back market, you still got people like Adrian Peterson, who actually just turned 32 years old today. Big up to AP. Happy birthday to you, brother. He just turned 32 today. You got Jamal Charles, who's still out there on the market. And then you have LeGarrette Blunt. We talking about one of the most potent blunts on that East Coast. That blunt is so strong because that blunt had 18 touchdowns last year, actually this past season. And then you also have my boy. There's been rumors that Marshawn Lynch has shown maybe an interest to come back to the NFL. And if he says he comes back, he wants to play for the Raiders. Uh, we don't know when that's going to happen. We're just kind of wait and see because he still, you know, he still's got that itch. And I know Marshawn is still pissed off when happened in that Super Bowl loss a couple years ago uh, to the Patriots where he felt he should have got that ball down the end zone and that left a bad taste in his mouth. And I know he was pissed, so I know he doesn't want to ride off the sunset like that because we know he's an Oakland kid, so I know he wants to get one more shot and play for the Raiders. So, Chuck, when you look at those four running backs, man, which one, if you was a GM, and let's say you're close, your team is maybe you got a couple young running backs, you could say the Raiders because they got a couple young rookies last year who are – Right now, the running backs. Right now, um, so would you? Which one of these running backs would you take? I mean, if you're close, which one would you rank? Well, actually, go ahead and now rank in the order. Uh, who would you take? Now, go ahead. Now read this. No, no, no. Read it. I need you need to give me the list again. Who are the four? Okay, we got Adrian Peterson, turned 32 okay. today. Marshawn right. Lynch, you know, probably might be coming out soon, retirement soon. Uh, Jamal Charles, almost 30, and Lugarier Blunt, who is 30. Well, first of all, Marshawn Lynch, he could want to play for the Oakland Raiders all he wants to, but the Seattle Seahawks own his rights. So he's not going anywhere unless they decide. So if I'm a GM, he automatically off my list because he's not really a free agent. Uh, he's, uh, I guess, more like a restricted free agent. I don't know how it would be, you know, what the legal term would be to categorize him. But it's not like I just all I have to do to get him is – to convince him, throw a little tea party and give him a check. You know, when comes Marshawn Lynch, I'm gonna have to do all that plus, uh, plus get a Seattle Seahawks something. So he's off my list automatically. Or you could say he's number four. I don't. Well, let's, let's, let's say this football. real quick. Let's say this. Let's say this because there's word out of Seattle camp that Gen, the uh, general manager Snyder said, you know, that um, if Marshawn comes to them and sits down and says, "Could you please grant me my release?" They'll be willing to release him because they already, you know, they got their three running backs right now. So let's just say if the Seahawks do release him, flat out release him. No, he's been out of football for a couple of years, which I guess is a good thing. Um, but he would still be number four on my list. Like, I wouldn't take him off the list. He'd still be number four. He'd be, he'd be my last option because if I'm close, that means I don't really need him until the end of the season. And by the end of the season, he should have himself back into shape. You know, by the end, he should be back in playing shape by the end of the season, and he'd be strong. You know, so he's still number four. That doesn't change anything. Uh, number three will probably be Legarrette Blunt because it seems like Legarrette Blunt, his best football has been in New England, and obviously, I'm not the GM of New England Patriots, so 
he tried to go to the Steelers. That didn't work out. He, he weaseled his way out of out of the, uh, Pittsburgh to, to you know to another Super Bowl ring uh, and you know a couple great seasons. Uh, so Legarrette Blunt would just be third on my list because I don't really trust him. Like I said, I, I don't know him as what is he gonna bring to my team? Like like I said, his best football has been played in New England. And then what really happened in Pittsburgh? You know, I'm sure the Steelers are over it. Well, they had to be over it. Um, but I want to know what happens. Is he going to try to do that to my team and weasel his way back to New England again? So he's he's third on my list. He would be last if Marshawn Lynch had been out of football the past couple of years. Then probably second on the list, I have to go with AP just because last year, I mean, he's been battling injuries for – past few years two years ago he had a he had an outstanding season I think he rushed for like 1400 yards I, I can't remember what it was but he had a pretty damn good year a couple years ago but last year uh that's a throwaway year uh so can he stay healthy uh he's a power back with speed and all that other stuff so he's a physical guy uh and I need to sit down and talk to him and see and let him understand what his role will be. He will no longer be getting, be getting 25, 20, 20, 25, 30 carries a game. You know, he's going to come out there in key situations. I'm going to give him the ball enough, 15 to 20, 20 at the maximum amounts of carries. And if he's cool with that, I'm cool with it. Yeah, he could be – I could bring him on. But you know what? He's number two on this list. Then number one, I have to go with Jamal Charles. I think he, he fits more of the – type of offense that I like to run. Obviously, he has better hands than AP. AP has okay hands. Uh, obviously, AP is the more, uh, like I said, physical physical runner. Uh, but Jamal Charles is just, you know, he, he's more suited for the type of offense I want to run. I want my running back to be able to, to, to catch balls out the backfield and, uh, you know, have pretty good hands and make yards after the catch. So, Jamal Charles be number one. So, that's my list. Jamal Charles, AP, uh, hit that, that fat blunt, and Marshawn Lynch. <clears throat> you know what? <clears throat> I, can't, I can't go wrong with your list, man, because we're talking about players that are older, a lot older, and are coming off of some questioning concerning injuries, you know, because what AP, AP's got to understand, man, he still think – He's living off that name, you know, that reputation. I'm AP, man, you know, bam, 16, 1,700 yards. But nah, AP, man, you ain't been the same in about three, four years, man, you know. So, I mean, I don't know what his price tag is, you know, when um, if he's going to go start. He hasn't really taken any bids. He did, I think he did one. I'm not sure. Yeah, he went up to Seattle. But I don't know if his his camp is asking for as far as price because he's got to think realistically. So, I think for AP, I know he wants to win his best shot. I mean, if there's a spot in New England and they're going to offer him a one-year prove it deal, AP, you better take it, man. That's the closest thing you're going to get, man. That's, that's that's one of the best shots right there. Jamal Charles, I don't know how that knee's going to hold up, man, because we already know him and AP are two different type of running backs. Um, you know, he's more elusive running back. So, I, I don't know. I'm really concerned about that knee. Marshawn been out the game for a little bit. That might help because we know Marshawn, he's taking a lot of hits. But he was playing behind a bad Seattle offensive line. And then that Laguerre Blunt, like you said, man, you know, he ran his course Pittsburgh, and it seemed like the only place he fit that that Blunt is potent and strong is that New England. He needs to stay on that uh, that, that northeast coast, man. He needs to stay up there, man. So, Laguerre Blunt, if Bill Belichick want to bring you back, you need to stay up there, man. I don't know how hungry you're going to be, you know, coming off a Super Bowl victory. I think he might just be chasing that cash now, but we know that 
the market for getting paid isn't really going to happen. Isn't really going to come your way, man. So I feel you on your list, man. I have no arguments with it. And I hear you, man. I, I really do hear you on that it list. Just, All right. It, it right. Just, and then just going back real quick, just going back to uh, Adrian Peterson. You really need to know what he wants. Like, do you mm-hmm. want to get paid? Do you want a championship or what? Because if he's smart, he, he would look at – smart people learn from things that happened in the past. They learn from history. And if he's a smart dude, he would look at Corey Dillon's career. You know, Corey Dillon, one of the best running backs for years, but he played on terrible teams. Not that Adrian P- Peterson played on those – I'm not equating those Cincinnati – horrible Cincinnati Bengals team to the Adrian Peterson uh, – to the Vikings teams. But he had a solid career, and then he went to Act 2. His act two was in New England Patriots. I mean, he had the best year of his career and then finished it off with a Super Bowl and then just went off into the sunset. So Adrian Peterson, he, 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 it really needs to be communicated. What does he want? Do you want to get cat? You want to get paid, or do you want to win? I mean, yes, you can get get both, but it depends on the it depends on the team and the situation. You gonna have to make some sacrifice. You gonna have to bend over and. I'm I'm okay with him. You said you said he really has to be realistic. I'm okay with him thinking he's still the greatest running back in the world. I'm okay with it. He just needs to be realistic in terms of what his role will be and what we're gonna pay him. Like you mm-hmm. might think you all these great things, but you need your ass need to humble yourself and you need to look at what happened with Corey Dillon. He had act two of his career got him a best you know, the best rushing, uh, rushing yards of his career, I believe. I might be wrong about that. Anyway, he had a hell of a year, and he won a Super Bowl. Adrian Peterson, if you want that, New England is your spot, man, because the, them Patriots, they're they going to be nasty next year. I don't know what Vegas going to put their eyes at winning the Super Bowl, but that actually going to be – that might be the the, the best pre, preseason Super Bowl eyes picking there's ever been because that, that Patriots team next year is going to be a beast. Yep, it's going to be pretty nasty. And, fans, you have to keep in mind that the Browns might be sending them three draft picks. <laughs> so a lot of people complain about, Patriots fans complain about, damn, we gave up a one, a two, and a, I think it was a fourth round for Brandon Cooks. But, hell, he might get the, uh, two second rounds and a first round back in return for uh, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo if, if they do make that trade with the Browns. So, hey. The Patriots, man, they know what they're doing. They just gonna reload. You know how they do it. All right, let's get to some of this free agency news, man. There's some other teams we haven't really touched on who made some moves, and I want to touch on these Falcons because it's been a lot of talk from analysts I've heard talking about. Oh man, Falcons hit a home run with the defensive tackle Don Terry Poe. Okay, I can understand that, man. I mean, if you look at Don Terry Poe, I don't know what they're thinking, what these analysts are seeing, but Poe was so inconsistent last year. And I applaud the Falcons for giving him a one-year deal because the thing with Dontari Poe is that he has weight issues. I mean, he's promising to get his weight down to like 330 or 340, but you're talking about 350-plus deep tackle, defensive tackle. Now, he moves well for a 350-pound deep tackle, but to be a three-down player, I mean, can he still be disruptive at that size? And we know Dan Quinn, he's trying to build this Falcons defense like he had in Seattle. But he's never had a D tackle this big. 
You know, so I applaud them for just giving him a one-year deal, but I've heard some people say, oh, Falcons going right back to Super Bowl with this big move. Nah, I want to say all that, man. You acting like Don Terry Poe is the greatest D-tackle in the NFL. I mean, yeah, he's been solid, but last year he was so up and down. And like I said, man, I can't give no D-tackle all that money. You got weight issues. So I applaud them for a one-year deal, man. We'll see what they do. Chuck, you want to add any input on this, man? What you think about this move? Uh, Actually, I got a question for you. Go ahead. Why do you think – I know we we brought this up. But why do you think the Falcons? Why do you think the Falcons lost the Super Bowl? And let's let's take out the obvious, the 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 simple, the simple the the the, the mental midget excuses for that call, that passing call on it at the end. Like what? Like what was? What's their main consistent reason? Not just one play, but what was their flaw? What was the flaw on the Falcons team that led to their? Uh, losing the Super Bowl last year, in your opinion. Well, see, I put, I put like this. I said two things. One, play calling. I mean, when you got that lead, you got to mm-hmm. run the ball. You got two of the best running backs in the league. You got a tandem that any other 31 teams would love to have, and Tevin Coleman and uh, Dante Freeman. Okay, that's first of all. Second, how did my Giants beat Brady, both Super Bowls? We got pressure on them. Pressure came mm-hmm. from the inside. Pressure came from the outside, and it went 60 minutes. And then I had one more thing. You didn't play – 60 minutes of football. You did not play 60 minutes of football. You played a half. Maybe barely about 34, 35 minutes. A little bit of that third quarter. But you didn't play 60 minutes of football when you played Tom Brady. So that's what that that's that's my answer. That's how I feel. So does Don Terry Poe address any of those issues? No. Because right. here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing. Rashard, what's his name? Rashard uh, Hagman, Hagman. You know, last yeah. year he had what? pretty much the game of his of his life, of his career, you know? And he's mm-hmm. been inconsistent. See, the Falcons, they've been playing Russian roulette. Like, well, actually, I ain't going to say that. They've been playing musical chairs with these D-tackles. It seems like every offseason, they, they sign in the D-tackle. And none of them really panned out like that, you know? And they've drafted a lot of D-tackles. We're talking about Pereira. Jerry, remember him a few years ago? He was a bust. I think he's out the league. Jonathan Babineau, um, And then, you know, uh, um, your boy Rasheed Hagman, they drafted out of Minnesota a couple well, actually, a few years ago, and then you know, um, and now you bring in Don Terry Poe, who was a former first round, who was supposed to be a beast. You know, there was talk about him being the next uh, a Warren Sapp coming out of college. You know, some people were saying that we didn't say that, but some people were saying that. But like I said, you know, I've heard a couple of analysts because you know, I, I like to listen, man, because I'm a diehard football fan, I'm a diehard sports junkie, and I just heard one analyst. Oh, Don Terry Poe, oh, he's about to take these Falcons back to the Super Bowl. This is what they needed. You sure about that, man? Uh, a, a fat boy who has trouble with his weight. And he's going down to Atlanta, home of the chicken and beer. <laughs> you know? I mean, come on, home of Gladys Knight waffles. Come on, man. That, I, that's, that, that's the wrong move, man. So, I don't yeah, think so. Go ahead, Chuck. Man. Yeah, because my so-called analyst of this move, I think they just they wanted a big body. They want somebody that's tough to move, and obviously, you know, 350 pounds is tough to move. But you don't pay this much money for a bag of donuts. You know what I mean? Like, like you just don't pay it. Like, okay, if you bring this guy in, if you bring in Dacherry Poe, okay, he can contribute to your football team. But you're spending this amount of money on this guy when this money could be allocated or spent somewhere else, like. I understand, you know, they they playing for next year, which which you have to do because the window's small. But he's it's just too much money for a bag of donuts, man. 
uh, especially for a guy who uh, last year he didn't even play the, you know, he didn't play that. Well, he did play the entire season last year, but he only had one and a half sacks, 18 tackles. You know what I mean? The past two, past two years, he had two and a half, two and a half sacks. Now he's not a sack specialist. I understand that. You know, he's more, he's more there for the run, but he, even the run, it's it's not worth the amount of money, man. So it'd be good if they would have got him on team, but you know what? In free agency, you have to overpay people, and they overpay to get this big, you know, to get his big butt down there. And I'm sure he's loving it because, like you said, that chicken and beer at the airport, he's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. He might be. Oh, he even get he he got on the plane at two fifty, but by the time he gets to the facility, once he landed at Atlanta Airport. <clears throat> Nah, he's gonna be three ninety. He's gonna stop that chicken and beer. He's gonna stop that <laughs> man at Atlanta Airport get that Chick Fil A uh, unless he's flying on Sunday. Yeah, man. He yeah, nah. Yeah, but he gonna gain forty pounds just going from the Atlanta Airport to the, the Falcons facility. And you know the crazy thing about that when he stops at that Atlanta Airport get that chicken and beer, shit, they gonna be coming to him. Hey, let's get your email address, sir, so we can send you some free deals and everything. Matter of fact, <laughs> um, let me give you a card. So uh, your next four times you come here, you know, you get uh, buy one, get one free, whatever. I'm sure he went in there that day, man. Serious. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, highest spent customer since that place has opened up, man. Because I know he probably dropped fifty, sixty thousand just on one meal by himself, man, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, and, and don't, but, but no, but don't let him, but don't let him go there in the morning time. I forget what terminal, I like the Delta terminal, <laughs> but that place over there, the Soul Food place. People that have been to Atlanta Airport know what I'm talking about over there. Yep. Uh, I think it's by that, it's by that little bar, that little soul food mm-hmm. place. Boy, they had that sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit with that biscuits gravy. Uh, don't let him go in the morning because he should be over there because I, I know when I go in the morning, I go right over that spot. Give me that sauce. Uh, got me talking food. Talk me we about to get in the food horn here in a second. Let's, let's yeah, move Yeah, man. Ah, man. Quit talking about it, man. Don't start getting this food horny up on the show, man. Quit talking food dirty, man. I don't like that dirty food talk, man. Come on now. And another right. thing I say, man. If you're going to land an airport over to that soul food spot in the morning time, make sure you got some Bose head, uh, headphones canceling noise phones, man. You need those because you're going to hear a lot of black folks' bellies going to be making all type of noise. You're going to hear, ooh, you're going to be, <laughs> seriously. You're going to hear that smacking. You're going to hear that yep. Z-Rush smacking. <laughs> like, yep. like, what's that, airplane trying to start up or something? Yep. <laughs> And that's the sad part, man. You know, we love to eat, man. But you're going to hear some of them black folks sitting in line. They ain't got no food in their mouth. They already just like, mm, mm, I'm going to take that out. Mm. <laughs> you know what? And I'll be right there with them, boy, because this show will be, show be hard, especially on Sunday when, when Chick-fil-A be closed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go on. Go, 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 And you know the sad thing is, man, as much as we love Chick-fil-A, we give Chick Fil A the biggest mean mug look ever on Sunday. You walk past that mean mug, fucking Chick Fil A, f you, <laughs> you know you be too right. mad. Like, watch your ass open, open up. You know what I'm saying? They be too mad. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause you know the two of the worst feelings in the world is mm-hmm. when you in school and you got an exam in the morning and you wake up and you ain't hear your alarm clock and you wake up and you be like, ah, oh, damn, I'm late for school. That's a terrible feeling. The second feeling is. When you fiending for that chick flick, like, yes, I'm about to give me that chick flick. When you pull up and they close because you forgot it was Sunday. You'd be mad at them mm-hmm. two worst feelings in the world, man. Yep. Yep. You talking about, man, you don't curse much. You're going to be cursing up a storm that day because I love that lemonade. But anyway, let's move on. All right. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos, man, because 
they made a questioning move. They signed right tackle Menelik Watson. And Broncos fans, let me just give you some insight on Menelik Watson because he's been with my Raiders the last four years, and he's a very average player who just can't stay healthy. But here's my question, man. Why in the hell are you going to pay this man $6 million a year? His ass can't stay healthy. I mean, the Broncos tore his ass up last season when we played them, man. Menelik couldn't stand couldn't stand to, uh he couldn't even stand to hold his ground over there at that tackle position. I mean he was getting bull rushed, pancake. I mean they was tossing his ass to the side, man. I mean it was just embarrassing. I was sitting here shaking my head like, can we get him some help? And I know our uh, tight end Lee Smith, who's our blocking tight end, he's like our sixth offensive lineman. He's been out for the year, but I'm just sitting here like, man, it's a damn shame. And this dude wants to try to come back to Oakland next year, and the Broncos gonna go ahead and give him six million dollars a year. And he got destroyed by the same team last game of the season. Boy, I tell you. And he also struggled at left tackle when the Raiders tried to play him in the playoffs because, you know, Donald Penn was hurt. And he got ate up. You saw what happened in that game, man. You know, Clowney was just tossing his ass. So, whew, good luck, Broncos, man. So, hey, hey, have fun with him. And then they also signed um, uh, Cowboys ex-guard Ronald Leary, which I think was a good move. And they signed former Bengals defensive tackle. Uh, Pico, your boy, man, going to Denver Broncos. So we already know the Broncos already had a solid defense, and Pico, he provides good, solid depth for them. All right, Chuck, let me ask you this question, man. The Dallas Cowboys, man, you know I live here in Dallas. You got a lot of Dallas fans who they come at me every day because they know I hate, you know, they know I hate the Cowboys, but, you know, because we do the show, I respect all all, all teams. You know, we, we give breakdowns on all teams, but, when you look at the Cowboys, man, what they lost this offseason, we're talking about uh, Barry Church, the starting safety. We're talking about Morris Claiborne, who came on this year before he got hurt at the end of the year. Brandon Carr, Iron Man Carr, who hasn't missed a game since 08. Uh, that right there, two corners and a safety gone. Also, they lost the other safety, J.J. Wilcox. And then they lost pass rusher Jack Crawford, pass rusher Ryan Davis, defensive tackle Terrell McClain. Woo! And then on the offensive side, Doug Free announced he retired, so now you got to hold at that right tackle position. And I know they signed Nolan Carroll, but, man, I'm telling you, Cowboys fans, you're you going to hate this move because Nolan, Nolan Carroll was getting pissed on. He was giving up that ass quite a bit in Philadelphia, and the Eagles are happy to see him gone. And they also signed defensive tackle Stephen Payne. So with that being said, Chuck, should these Cowboys, America's team, the star, should they go off defense in this draft? You never, you never go lopsided like that. You never, you never want to go lopsided like that and go all defense. You want to balance. But what they do want to do is target uh, the best defensive players available at the at the top of the draft because those are the guys that are more pro. You would assume are more pro ready and they can contribute to your team immediately. So yeah, you never want to go just one, one lopsided. Uh, you know, all offense, all defense one year, because then you just be flipping back and forth every year. And you know what What great player, what next great Pro Bowl, all pro Hall of Fame player you're going to pass up because, uh, yeah, he's the number one rated uh, tackle. Uh, he's the number one rated guard or center. He's the number one wide receiver. But you know what? We need defense. Let's go with the 10th best, <laughs> the 10th best defensive end. You're like, no, that you, you don't do – stupid stuff like that. So you need a balance, but they definitely need to address the issues, uh, the issues on their defensive side of the ball. Because last year, you know, they were very good against the run, but they was horrific against the pass. And losing those guys in the secondary, it, it ain't going to bode well. 
for this team. So, yes, they definitely need to address uh, defense in this draft. And fortunately for them, fortunately for the Cowboys, this draft is loaded with talent. Like I said, we said it earlier. I mean, this might be some of the best talent we've seen in the draft in a long time, except for that quarterback. Like, quarterbacks are pathetic. Like, hey, Mitch Trubisky, whatever his name is, I'm cool. Like, it, like if it had been a normal year, that dude being like the draft in the fifth round or something, but all of a sudden he's the, you know, he's the number one quarterback on the board, whatever. But besides quarterback, this draft is freaking loaded, especially at skill positions. The cornerback position is loaded. Uh, so there's going to be corners there late in the first, second, third. I mean, you can find solid players in the third and fourth round that, you know, if you pick them correctly and you get them in the right system, they might be able to start for you in the first year picking up guys in the third or fourth round. So, yes, they need to address these issues uh, in in the draft. And their bench players, you know, people that are in the waiting, they need to step up. That's why you draft. You're supposed to, you're supposed to, draft, you're supposed to draft great players, train them up, and then when it's their time to step up, they step up and contribute to your team. So, uh, so that's what they're going to have to do. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, um, Jerry Jones and his son actually been drafting pretty well the last few years, and I think they're picking at 28 or 29th. I'm not sure. I don't have the uh, the draft order right here in front of me. But Cowboys, I think with that pick, you got to get a playmaker. I mean, if Jabril Peppers is there, take him. Because <clears throat> right now you lost both your safeties. You need a starter. So I would say probably try to get Jabril Peppers or get a corner right there. Um, let me see, get a pass rusher. If a pass rusher is there that you want, go ahead and take him. Because, you know, the bottom line with the draft, as much as we can sit here and do all these mock drafts, it's not up to us. You know, only one team has to like the play, you know. So um, we can sit here and say, ah, oh, that was a bad pick for them. And, you know, we might say that, but for the team, hey, you might fit it might fit what they're trying to do, fit a need, you know. So it's all about scheme. It's all about, um, um, you know, as far as the player personnel. I mean, you know, does, does this player fit what you're trying to do on the team? Is, is he a football player for your team? Um, you know, so we'll see, man. We'll see how everything and then, plays out. And then don't listen to all these mock people in these drafts and all stuff talking about value. You want value at this position. That's all BS to me. Like, I understand, like, that everybody says that now, and maybe that's the way you're supposed to think. But it's BS to me in terms of value. Oh, like, for example, the Bengals got the ninth pick, uh, but they draft somebody that's rated 16th or 17th. Oh, they didn't get value for this player because they took him eight picks too early. That's that's bull crap. It's like it's like go back to the draft Jerry Rice Jerry Rice was drafted at. If you could go back, you telling me no team would have drafted this dude number one overall, even though he's a wide receiver. So that value stuff is crap, but maybe that's that's the only way they can uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just the way the system is, but that value stuff is crap. Like you said, Nick, you you go for the player you want. Like, that's the dude, like, we need his, like, if he's there and we want to, boom, get him, no matter where you freaking had him rated, like, or, you know, where he's at on a so-called draft board or where he's rated, where, or what position he's in in the lunch line. Like, get his ass. If you want him, go get his ass. Because I, I guarantee you, if you go back to the draft Jerry Rice was drafted in and somebody <clears throat> took him first, they would take him first overall, Hands down, no problem. Instead of in the twentieth, whatever he was drafted, seventeen, eighteen, whatever it was, by the Forty ers So that value crap, it, you know, 
take it for what it's worth. But as far <clears> as the teams are concerned, get the player you want. And Chuck, let's put our GM hats on, man. Let's give these fans some knowledge, man. Because somebody asked me right now, say, GM Dominic Wise, who, who, who do you want, man? What kind of football player do you want to take in the draft? And my answer is going to be this, man. I want an every down player that loves football. Can't get enough of it. When I interview him, he breaks down film the best way. I mean, he tells me. So many stories. We're talking about a 10, 15-minute conversation on how much, why he loves the game. Players he model his game after. You know, if I'm, if I'm talking to a cornerback, um, you know, like a Sidney Jones, or I'm just throwing people out at, at you, um, if I'm talking to Sidney Jones or, or Conley from Ohio State. So who do you model your game after? Oh, sir, I'll tell you what I model my game off. I think my game is very similar to Charles Woodson when he played cornerback because he had a, uh, he was physical, great ball awareness skills. He was very physical because I'm a corner. I don't like my wide receiver to get a free jam off the line. I like to get up in his face, get physical with him. In the offseason, I, I did nothing but boxing classes because I want that wide receiver to not get a free release. That is my job. When I hear answer like that, Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Let me put them down. Yep, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I want a player that's going to come in and work. You see what I'm saying? I want him to come in. I know he's going to be a rookie, but I want him to come in and show leadership skills. And, I, and you know, when I come in the locker room, you know, I'm a GM. I don't come in the locker room too much. But if I come in that locker room just to check on my players, I wouldn't mind seeing my young rookie getting in some of those veterans' face and saying, come on, you need to do your job because I'm doing my job. I know I'm not there on that level yet, and you got maybe a few more years of experience off of me, but I want you to do your job. That's the type of player I want right there, man, that's hungry, loves the game, willing to put in the work. We're talking about practice over. He's still at the facility working and getting better. That's the type of player I want. Yeah, that's nice. But I still athleticism still counts for something, especially in the NFL. Because all you describe, that, that perfectly describes, you know, you remember your boy Rudy, from that uh, from Notre Dame from that movie Rudy, yeah. my boy Sean Aston played it. He had all of that, but he was like five foot. But what what Charles has done, you five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, like yeah. So athleticism, so you can have that's great, that's great. You be great player. You definitely want a guy. But what I would want is a guy with superior athletic skills that's coachable and that wants to and that knows what it takes to be a professional. Like, I know you always go out there and hear people talk about, I know, I think Ray Lewis said this, you want somebody that, that just love, that they just, that football just, it's in their blood. They just love it. That's just the good, like, okay, like, you can still be a great football player and football not be your first love. Like, you, you know, your first love could be art or whatever. Like, Chris Carter, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, said his first love was basketball. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, your first love can't be two things. Like, his first love was basketball, and he still went out and, like, it took him, you know, early in his career, he was immature, but as he went along, he, he was a professional. Chris Carter towards the end of his career was a pro, was what you model a professional. If you could give me that with superior athletic ability and that's coachable, I'd take him any day over, you know, not knocking what you said, but I would take them over the guy that just all he does he eats football for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I you know because you know he could be all that he could, he can make a great coach down the road. But I want a football player that can contribute to my team that I can coach and like you said do your job. 
Like, I'm telling you what to do. Now it's your job to study it. That's part of being a professional. And uh, and I tell you what adjustments to make. That's being coachable. And you're doing what I say. You do your job. And you go out there and you beat the man across you because you are better, you're better, uh, you're superior athletic, you're, you're more athletic than him. And you're just a better player than him, a better football player than him. That's what I need. That's what I would want out of a player. All right. I hear you. <clears throat> but the thing of it is, man, if we had a show on type of players we want, <clears throat> you know, I would, of course, added that in there. But I know we didn't have much time. I just want to say parts of me important. But I feel you, Chuck, man. You got to have athletic ability, man, and, and got to be very coachable, man, because you got a lot of knuckleheads, man. You got a lot of cats coming out of college think they, that's it. It's all about them. They selfish, man, and they don't want to listen because they think they know it all, you know. So I feel what, you on that. And that's what happened with Collins. The dude from uh, that the Patriots traded to to the Browns. At least that's what the rumor was. Was that uh, you know we don't like to, we don't like I don't like to dab in rumors. But anyway, they were saying that he was out there trying to do his own thing. He was trying to be a renegade. He was trying to freestyle. And Belichick don't tolerate that. He's like, yeah, you mm-hmm. might be a superior athlete, buddy, but I'm the man, and you need to do the f what I say. And okay, you gonna take? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade your ass to the team I still. I, I used to work for it. Yeah, they got rid. That was dumb enough. Well, officially, they're not the Browns. The official that team is in Baltimore. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, because you know Belichick, I can hear right now, boy. Let me go ahead and make an example out of you. We about to go ahead and ship your butt on to Cleveland. <laughs> right out there, renegade. You you got the best coach that's pretty much mm-hmm. ever been in, in professional sports, especially well, I don't say professional, but in football. NFL, and you out there trying to freestyle and get your ass traded to the Browns? Come on, dummy. Yeah. All right. New Orleans Saints, man. You know, we ain't really talk about them Saints that much this offseason, but they made a move yesterday. They went on ahead and signed middle linebacker Manti Teo. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> Manti Teo, man, the catfish guy. You remember him a few years ago? Remember Manti, man? There was a lot of talk about this guy, man. I remember you know, him and well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about Manti Teo. But, no, you know, the talk about him, oh, he the next junior stay out. He a beast, man. He hits hard, and he's a tackle machine, this and that. Okay, all right. So, a lot of people are thinking he was going to have a very successful career. We're talking about rookie year, might win defense of the year award, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm just saying, they were talking about him actually achieving some of these, winning some of these awards. But here's the thing. Manti can't stay healthy, man. You know, I mean, he's a solid player. He's not great. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, for a full season. Last season, he only played in three games. He played in 12 games in 2015, 10 games in 2014, and 13 games in 2013. Come on, man. So you mean telling me this past season he went from 17 combined tackles, last year 83 combined tackles, the year before 60 combined tackles, and 61. So that's his career over the last four years. So I don't know how things going to work in – New Orleans, but they need some linebackers because Stephon Anthony, remember they drafted him out of Clemson a couple years ago, first-round pick? Man, that dude's been a bust. He ain't done nothing in uh, New Orleans. He can barely get on the field, man. He's riding the bench. So, you know, if Manti can't beat him out, <clears throat> then that's a problem. But the Saints also signed Ted Ginn, which is a very interesting move because Ted Ginn had 54 catches, 752 yards last year, and four touchdowns. And we talking about with Cam Newton. We know Newton doesn't sling that ball around like Drew Brees, Drew Brees. But <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this, man. It's going to be interesting to see with Ted Ginn how he plays indoors instead of outdoors and on natural grass surface. 
That's gonna be interesting. I want to see how Gian looks in that dome, man, in that dome on that on that turf, man. I really want to see how he looks out there. And um, um, also the Saints uh, news broke out that they are close to acquiring cornerback, uh, Patriots cornerback Malcolm Butler via trade. Um, that trade can go down anytime soon, or it can happen right before draft or leading up to draft night. So we don't know right now. We just know. The parameters, the language of the contract is getting close to be getting done, and there's going to be a trade that's going to be made with that. Now, with that being said, if the Saints can get Malcolm Butler, we talking about a nice Saints secondary. I mean, because we're talking about last year they had Bro, you know, the cornerback. He was their best corner, solid, but he, you know, he uh, played started out well. Then he got hurt, went on IR. The year before that, he balled out. Um, we already know they have P.J. Williams, so that'd be a nice little trio right there with Butler, Bro, and Williams. And then the safety position, Von Bell, the rookie out of Ohio State, had 87 tackles last year as a rookie. And so, hey, hey, right here, man, them, them Saints putting together a nice, solid secondary. I mean, I don't know about the linebacker. We got to see how they do and up front. They need to get another pass rusher to play along uh, Jordan. But I do like your boy Sheldon Rankins, who they drafted, who I was high on last year. And my last thing about the Saints, would they miss Brandon Cooks? Uh-uh, I don't think so, because you look at this receiving core, we're talking about Michael Thomas, the rookie from Ohio State, having 90 catches last year. We're talking about Willie Snead, the big physical wide receiver, Brandon Coleman. Now you bring in Ted Ginn to play in that slot position. Guess what? Like Al Davis said, speed, speed, speed. They are not missing any type of speed. So with that being said, man, Saints going to light it up this year and offensively. But, hey, if they get Malcolm Butler, they have had a pretty solid uh, free agency offseason, but they got to address the rest of their defense in the draft. So, Chuck, man, give me your take on these moves by the Saints, man. Well, I'll just say this. Like you said, in terms of will they miss Brandon Cooks, answer is no. You hit that right on the head. I mean, Brandon Cooks, a phenomenal player, speedy guy, but Drew Brees is like Tom Brady. You can throw anybody out there and he go, you, and he, it, it at wide receiver position, and Drew Brees is gonna find. I mean, you could throw you could throw out Timmy from South Park, and he's gonna put up 800, 800 receiving yards with Drew Brees at quarterback. So uh, all they gotta do is go out there, run around, catch the ball, because Drew Brees will get it to you. So they won't miss Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brian Ted again, that's an interesting move. I, you know, a couple years ago he had his the best year of his career with um, Cam Newton, uh, which was a surprise to you and I. Uh, we'll admit, I think we even had to apologize because Ted Ginn, the, the Carolina receivers came out and did their thing two years ago when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. Uh, but that's going to be an interesting signing. As we know, Ted Ginn, his flaw ain't speed. Uh, he can he can be a lot better at route running. But his flaw up until a couple years ago was catching that ball. And now catching the ball in the dome, will they help him? You know, they don't have the wind blowing, lights in his face, whatever. We'll see. Anyway, it goes. You know, that's a good move, picking him up. Man, I tell you, I think that was a desperation move. Uh, but, you know, if they're able to bring in Malcolm Butler, I'm not as sold on it as you are. Like, is Malcolm Butler, is he Is he like your your boy Burnt Toast from the uh, Byron Maxwell from the, uh, from the Seahawks? Is he a product of the system? You know what I mean? Like, we know what Byron, Max, Byron Maxwell did. This thing is, is Seattle with the, with the Philly they used him incorrectly. He stunk it up. Now he's in Miami. Not sticking it up as much, but, you know, still PU over there. But, you know, is, is Malcolm Butler the same? I don't know. We'll have to see. if they, But if they use him correctly, use him the way the Patriots use him, they'd be a great move if they get him. <clears throat> All right. Ted, again, before we close the show, man, Chuck and I just got to send you a little message, man. 
When you get your hands on the ball, you got to catch it. Tag in, man. One more time. I don't think you heard correctly. When you get your hands on the ball, you got to catch it. Remix. When you get your hands on the ball, you got to catch it. When you get your hands on the ball, you got to catch it. Well, you know, a couple years ago, he did listen to that. Like you said, he had that phenomenal, phenomenal year with the Patriots, or not the Patriots, when the Panthers went to the went to the Super Bowl. He was actually catching the ball. He was actually catching the long ball. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so he can do it. You know, he, it's just a – but, you know, you got some lights. Some lights going to be a little closer in the dome. So, you and, know, and lights going to hit you in the eyes and you drop it. And here's my last thing to you, man, before we close the show. Tay again, listen up, man. I am so sick and tired of these wide receivers in the NFL and the college game complaining about not getting the ball. But here's my question to you. How you going to complain about not getting the ball when you can't even get open? <laughs> <laughs>